Next on BYU Sports Nation, Eric Mika declares for the NBA draft. Is he gone officially? How serious is he? President Coach Steve Cleveland will join us live in Studio B. We'll get his reaction to Mika's announcement. An NFL hopeful, Harvey Longy, on what he hopes to dominate tomorrow on Pro Day. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. World Baseball Classic champs, people. It's the United States of America. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, March 23rd. The Sweet 16 is tonight. The Keen Zineta was last year, I guess. Jerem Jordan alongside a man who loves to declare Jason Shepard. I do declare. They, thank you, Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> we did have a Foghorn. Here's the thing. You didn't know who Foghorn Leghorn was at first. Yeah. But you knew what he said. Because we said declare, and we're like, you declare a lot of th-. like. <laughs> I thought of the Michael Scott yes. scene in The Office yeah, like, where Steve Crow comes out and he says, I declare bankruptcy! <laughs> and then Oscar says, you can't just say it. It doesn't work like that. And he said, I didn't say it. I declared it. See, you mentioned in the open that Eric Mika declares for... That's the verb we use. That we use that. And it's, it's, it does not get used very often. It's for very specific yes. things. Yes. Anytime someone is going to a draft, they declare for the draft. Not in the military, though. No, no. Uh, but you mentioned bankruptcy. You declare bankruptcy. Declare bankruptcy. You also declare your independence. BYU declared and love. its independence. Yes. Declare, yes. You make a declaration. But this, it is not a phrase or a term that is used very often. It's very specific. And Eric Mika did it yesterday, which brings us to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Eric Mika declared for the NBA draft yesterday, but announced he will not hire an agent, maintaining his potential eligibility should he not go to the draft. The move allows Mika to work out for NBA teams and still maintain his eligibility if he withdraws his name from the draft by May 24th. More on the timeline for Eric coming up. Yesterday, Mika talked about coming to this decision. It's exciting. Um, I can honestly say today I'm really excited. My family's excited. Uh, talking with coaches and teammates, they're all excited as well. Um, and so that's been that's been awesome, but it's it's been a bit of a process. We really thought through it, um, considered a lot of different options, weighed a lot of different options, prayed a lot, and um, just kind of came to the conclusion, conclusion that this is the best thing for me right now and, and what I want to do with my life and where I want to be. Um, and so here we are. Mika will join BYU Sports Nation coming up on Monday and much more on Eric Mika's decision coming up in What's Trending. Spring practice continues for BYU football. The Cougars will hold a televised practice on Saturday. And assistant head coach Ed Lamb tells us what he expects to see on Saturday. So we want to see good, clean, live tackle football, get out of there without injury. And, and, and by clean, I, I really mean you know the offense for them to execute and drive and move it down the field. As we've been talking about, Saturday's practice will be televised for the very first time on BYU TV beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern. Very exciting. First time ever be able to watch that practice. We've been there before. It's just after practice, right? So we can turn around the cameras this time, show you the practice. There'll be some great access there, including yourself, Jason, yeah. uh, with Lauren Frankham That's on right. the field, Dave Blaine up in the booth, Spencer and I 
uh, on the set. So we'll have all the angles covered. It'll be great. BYU softball took down number 11 Utah last night, 4-3 as seen on BYU TV, behind two two-run home runs from sophomore catcher Libby Sugg. Tie game, 1-1, Sugg to center field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Say it ain't so, Libby. That's your second and there was much rejoicing as BYU took down Utah, who was ranked 11. That's the third win over ranked team for the softball team. BYU bringing it at home. Libby Sugg is a baller. The Cougars take down the Utah. Yeah, I was surprised that BYU softball was not ranked this week. They were just out. They were first just out. Yeah, they yep. were like 26 if you're going with oh, the numbers. They sh- you'd think they'd be in next week. But yeah. they do play... Uh, UCLA and I believe Dartmouth. Yeah, so weekend on the road. Yeah, this is an opportunity to to jump back in. I, I thought they should have at least stayed at twenty five, but that will certainly help beating number eleven Utah. Baseball begins conference play today against LMU in Game One of a three game series. BYU wrapped up non conference play with a record of nine and nine. Maverick Buffo will take the mound tonight, nine p.m. Eastern, on BYU Radio and the app. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Eric Mika is going pro? He's declared for the NBA draft, but what does this mean? He didn't sign an agent, so he's serious about the draft, but not serious enough to sign an agent. He's going to see where he fits, right? We'll tell you what experts are saying about Mika's stock and what the timeline is coming up. He's keeping his options open to return to BYU. This is something that has happened previously with uh, lots of guys. Jim Fredette did this after his junior year. Happens all the time. It happens all the time. You can go test things and then come back. Now, what's changed recently is that there's more time. Tyler Hawes even did this, by the way. Uh, there's more time for these players to be analyzed, to get out there, to see where they fit. I'm interested to talk to Eric Monday and say, okay, what would you need uh, to hear to go? Does it need to be a lottery pick first round? Because that's not where he's being projected. We'll tell you coming up. We'll break down that timeline coming up. But first, today's Twitter question. What is your reaction to Eric Mika declaring for the NBA draft? First week coming in from uh, at Broil Blue Coog. Disappointed as a fan and believer in taking as much prep time as you can, I think stock goes up next year if he stays. Yet he's getting older. So there's, there's a lot that goes into this decision. Uh, yet here is what Eric Mika expects. I mean, like I said in the, the statement, I guess, that was put out, I expect to do well. You know, I wouldn't be entering my name. I wouldn't be making... I guess a big deal about it if I wasn't expecting to do well and, and get drafted. Um, you know, I have confidence in myself and my abilities, and, and I'm hopeful that, that I'll get some attention from teams and, and do really well. Okay, Jason, what was your reaction when you heard yesterday that Eric Mika declared for the NBA draft? <laughs> my first reaction was surprise. I, I, I was surprised by this announcement. I did not expect this. I expected this next year, but I did not expect it this season. Or after this season, really? I, I did after not like a twenty and nine. No, I mean I realized season. that he put up fantastic numbers, but I I still was surprised that he did that, that he did this this year. I, I fully expected it to happen next year. So my first initial reaction was surprise. Now saying that though, I have no problem with Eric Mika doing this. He keeps his eligibility open, as we've mentioned, by not hiring an agent. 
go for it. See what happens. I mean, this is a dream that he's wanted to fulfill. And if you have an opportunity to do it, by all means, go for it. I mean, I have no problem, and I wish him nothing but the best as he, as he you know, searches this out. Now, originally, though, I, I did assume, though, that the decision was more exploratory. Like, well, I'll, I'll kind of test the waters, so to speak. But Mika said otherwise. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it a process of exploring because then I wouldn't have entered, per se, my name in the draft. That, that's my intention, um, to be drafted by a team. So, I mean, I, I, I thought it was, let's just go test the so waters. So he sounds more serious. Yeah, yeah he, he, well, it's, it's, he certainly, as he mentioned, he expects to be drafted. He didn't do this just to go explore and see what people say. He, he, would, he has every intention of impressing teams and, and being and drafted. Now, I mean, I, I would certainly lean towards him returning next year. That's how I would lean right now. But he definitely convinced me that he's serious about this. And if and again, if the opportunity presents itself, I mean he he you gotta you gotta take this. Now Mika didn't say this, but you have to wonder what the decision is going to come down to. I, I would expect the decision to come down to guaranteed money. And for those that don't necessarily know, first round draft picks in the NBA get guaranteed money. Anything in the second round is not guaranteed. Yes. Now sometimes they will sign second round picks to guarantees rare. but it's but it is rare so i don't know if it will come down to if he's a first round pick he goes if he's not he comes back you know it's not something that he answered but it was i mean i i wish him nothing but the best that's for sure and sometimes all it takes is one team to tell you right he doesn't need multiple teams per se it's just if the bucks are like dude we love you we're gonna pick you in the first round for sure come out we'll we'll do this let's do this you know handshake agreement or whatever then great I'm not surprised at the least like you. Well, I am. You were I surprised. was surprised. I am not surprised at all that Eric Mika did this. In fact, he should. He'd be dumb not to. He should at least explore. He sounds more serious. We'll see. He didn't sign an agent, so he's not actually 100% all in. He is verbally, and he needs to be, because as an NBA team, you're not going to be like, this guy's not all in, he's not committed. But he is. He's committed to his craft. Eric Mika's a smart dude, too. He gets it. I feel that Eric Mika will come back. But maybe he goes out and impresses scouts to the point where they're like, no, you're a first-round guy. We're going to bring you in. So here's what experts are saying. Here's just a couple about Eric Mika's draft stock right now, okay? ESPN's Chad Ford has him in the 30 to 50 range, okay? So that's out of the first round. 30 would be in the first round, uh, but mostly second there. Draft expert Jonathan Giovoni uh, says, draft express, excuse me, 49th pick, in next year's draft. So he doesn't even have him projected in this year's draft. So right now, Eric Mika is a second-round-ish guy. Right. He is not a first-round guy. I'm interested to know if Eric Mika would do that because Trent Playstead came out early a couple years ago. It's been more than a couple now, I guess. He was a second-round pick, never actually got time in the league. D-league guy, played overseas, which Eric didn't rule out. But I don't think Eric's going to bounce after a sophomore year to play overseas or be a second-round pick. I think it's first round or nothing for Eric. That, that would make sense. And again, these projections, especially, and, and for right now, I'm putting a lot more stock in, in Chad Ford from ESPN. Because he teaches at BYU-Hawaii and he's LDS? <laughs> no. <laughs> but he works for ESPN? No, but because his was the most recent. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he, he put Eric in the piece yesterday, yeah. so he, he was looking at it yesterday. So 30 to 50 is his range, but that's also without having any workouts whatsoever. And let's talk about that timeline, okay? You can't miss, uh, technically, 
class to go work out. So the last day of class is April 19th for BYU. Their finals after. Eric Meek wants to finish finals and bounce. April 25th, NBA teams can conduct or attend workouts. Okay, so that's when it could begin, about a month away. April 28th is when the draft combine invites go out. If you don't get invited to the draft combine, you ain't a first-rounder probably, right? Unless you live in Lithuania. May 9th through the 14th is when the NBA draft combine is in Chicago. And then May 24th is the key, early entrant withdrawal. If Eric Mika doesn't come back to BYU by May 24th, he's gone it's over. Yep. The Lone Peak 3 is now TJ Haas, Nick Emery, and Zach one Frampton. Year. Was one and it year. was only one year. I think that's a fear of a lot of fans. I am not going there quite yet myself. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What's your reaction to Eric Mika declaring for the NBA draft? A guy who did this with Paul George. His name's President Coach Steve Cleveland. He'll break down the process What's he trending? went through. And is Eric Mika NBA ready? Give us answers, BYU Cleve! BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What's your reaction to Eric Mika declaring for the NBA draft? For the first time, BYU TV will be broadcasting Saturday's BYU football spring practice at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You can join us at 3 p.m. Eastern time for BYU football spring practice live. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be awesome. At Nickley51 answers the Twitter question. I don't blame him, but man, that hurts. Hard to have the same excitement for next year without Drago. I mean Mika. I'm not, I'm not to that point in this process where I'm He's saying... He's not gone yet, people. What will the team be like next... I mean, if he goes, he goes, and that... Let's be honest. That would just really stink, that given all the like Drago, though. plans. If he dies, he if, dies. If he goes, he goes. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of Drago. And, and Eric Mika's sophomore year was one for the ages. Fantastic. brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Eric Mika's 20.3 points per game were the second most among BYU sophomores all time. In case you were wondering, Tyler Hawes had the most... At 21.7 points per game. Second most. More than Danny Ainge, Devin Durant, all these greats at BYU, right? Tyler, I was the all-time leading scorer, for goodness sake. So 20.3 was pretty amazing. Let's bring in President Coach Steve Cleveland. You, you had this process yourself with BYU guys as well. Hafara Ujo is a top 10 pick for you. But Paul George as well. What, what's it like from the coaching perspective to, to handle this situation? You want for the best for the guy, but you also want him to play on the team the next year. You know, my, it was a kind of a unique situation because uh, we were under NC2A probation and all sorts of uh, allegations and things. And so we only had seven or eight scholarships. And getting Paul to come to BYU was a, a pretty, pretty big thing. I, that would have been nice to get him to yeah, BYU, right? Big, coming yes. to Fresno State was a, it was a pretty big get for us. And, but he was, I think he's 6'7", about 180, you know. He, he, <laughs> he, he wasn't an NBA body. But over a period of two years, he got better. In his sophomore year, he was about 15 and 7, and, uh, but he had had some big moments on national TV. Got some attention. We started getting scouts coming in. And then at the end of the year, he came in and said, you know, I want to, I want to go through the workout process. And, you know, I'm, here's, a, here's a young man that uh, you want to make sure he takes care of himself and his family. I said, let's go for it. Let's get this thing going. Well, here, here's, here's the, one, <laughs> the one thing everyone needs to understand. Uh, 
those workouts are really important. I, I know Chad Ford has uh, he has his board and all those kinds of things, and he's talked to NBA scouts and getting a feel for it. But at the end of the day, it only takes one team out of 32 to like you. Paul went in there, had great workouts, like Mika will have great workouts. Uh, he's a high-character guy. He's demonstrated that he's not going to be a problem on or off the court. All those things are very important in the NBA. And, and the fact that, that Mika does have a pretty high ceiling. Now, he is 22 years old. And they do like to get him young. At that time, Paul was about 19. But through his workouts, his stock just went up and up and up. Now, as a coach, and I'm hearing all these things, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy was going to take me to the promised land. You know, I mean, this was going to be how we were going to turn this thing, and he was going to be a really special player. But when it came down and we sat down with him and his mom and dad, and it was like, this is the thing that we need to do. And back then, they didn't have these circumstances they have now where they go to May. I mean, you had to make a decision. And it was pretty painful. It was awkward. But at, at the end of the day, it, it was the best thing for him. And, and it obviously, it's played out that way. Just a little side note. I was at a Pacers game. Um, I went and saw Paul and his parents were in town. They told me they were coming to come in town. So when I was in Indiana, I went and saw him. And the parents sat down with me. And they apologized to me. They said, we're so sorry. I said, you're sorry for what? I, I, know, I know it was difficult when Paul left. I said, no, 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 no. You don't have to apologize to me. I said, that was the best decision he ever made for you and the family and everyone. But it is difficult. It is difficult for a coach because there's a plan. There's a, you know, Coach Rose has a plan for Eric Mika. And, and he, he is the anchor point of this plan. He, he, is, he is the anchor point of the plan. And so you're going to support him. And you're going to love him. And, and you're, you're, you're going to just – have to buck up if he leaves and say, hey, well, we're going to have to find guys. I mean, they're on the road right now recruiting. Okay, so they know they're preparing for this and all the other needs that they might have in the program. So it's, it isn't, I would just say awkward is the best way to put it. I mean, you want what's best for these young people, and Eric's not getting any younger. And the older he gets, the less opportunity he's going to get in that league. How surprised were you yesterday when this news came out? Not at all. No, no, no. He had a good year, and you're on national TV so much that whether there are scouts there or not, they can watch those games or get on Synergy and watch the games. They can evaluate him. And then probably his biggest moment was in the biggest win of the year at Gonzaga in front of a national TV audience. So doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, he, he's got size. He's got a motor. He's got, got a pretty good ceiling. There's a question, you know, well, can he play the perimeter, you know? Well, they're going to find out. And I, what I've learned is that if you take – this is their mindset. This is an NBA GM's mindset. We can take him for a year. He'll have a strength coach. He'll have a nutrition coach. He'll have a, a, you know, a, a workout coach. He'll have all these things set up for him. He'll get up 1,000 shots, 500,000 shots a day. He'll have a shooting coach. And he can grow and develop in a really short period of time that he could never do at the college level. And that's the way they think differently. They're thinking about what he can become. That's how they're going to evaluate him, not what he is today. And I think a lot of people go, well, is, is he NBA ready? Can he, you know what? Probably not. But they could probably get him NBA ready in a year by working with their team, D-League, whatever it is. And all of a sudden they go, well, how, how did this kid make it? The same thing they did with Paul or, you know, other players that I've had. So, you know, I'm not surprised. I know how this works. And, uh, you know, I think that I think there is a chance he'll probably come back if if the things that what the experts are saying. But don't underestimate. Do not underestimate those workouts, those interviews and the, those competitive situations for agility, because he can run and he's athletic. They believe they're confident enough in themselves that they can help him become the player they want him to become. 
President Coach Steve Cleveland is on BYU Sports Nation. Tremendous insight having gone through this with guys at BYU and Fresno State. Um, it, it's almost awkward for the fan base now, too. Awkward's a good way to phrase it from your perspective as the coach. Because what did the fans want for Eric Mika? The fans don't want Eric Mika to go pro. No. But Eric, uh, when he talked, he said, well, you know, I'm excited. My family's excited. It's like, yeah, everyone else wants you to come back and play. So it's an interesting situation and for it him. Ha- it hasn't happened that often here at BYU. Let's think about it. Sean Bradley, yeah. after his mission, right. gone. Uh, Trent. Trent Playstead. And then have there been no, many? No, because Travis, I, Travis finished. Uh, I can't Travis think Hansen of another early Rafael finishes. Uh, no, and I, you know, I had two of them at Fresno State, and it was devastating. It was devastating. And a second young man didn't have the NBA, NC2A collaboration to give him time. He just made a decision thinking, listening to all the voices outside from family to agents, and it didn't work out. So thank goodness that the NBA has created this so that they can, they can have, an, you know, they, they, it can answer some of their questions. Where do I fit? And it's like, you know what? You're not quite ready yet. Perfect. I'll go back and play. And th- there's more time allotted now than oh, even, yes. with, uh, even three years ago. You're, you're right. right. You're right. You're right. And, and, and I think that, that, in all fairness, I heard somebody say the other day, I wish they'd let him just stay in the draft. And even more would stay in because some will stay in the draft and not get drafted. And in fact, not it just some. It happens a lot. And so why not just let him stay in the draft? Right to the yeah. end, and then come back out. You're not signing with an agent, and then you get a complete picture of where you are and where you stand. You know, they, they, they do that in other sports, but not college basketball or college football. But baseball, all the time. Yeah, all the time. Guys get drafted, they just come back? Exactly. If, it, if you had 40 rounds of the NBA draft, you could do <laughs> yeah, that, right? Exactly. There's only two. Exactly. So we all know that coming back is certainly an option. Maybe it's likely. We, we, you know, only Eric Mika will know that ultimately. Exactly. But let's project, let's say that he does stay in the draft and he goes into the NBA. What does this mean for BYU basketball next year? Well, it, it's a big loss. There's no question. I mean, well, let's not kid ourselves. It's a big loss. And because he has been, as you said, the anchor. Uh, the, the good news is there's time. Um, I, I heard Zach Zalius is back from a mission, maybe having some surgery. There's a possibility. If he, if he steps in there, I mean, if he played this year, they'd probably go to the NCAA tournament, 50%, 50% three-point shooter. So he could possibly be a part of this equation. May or may not, I don't know. But all of a sudden, you've got four really, really good guards that have experience, that made lots of mistakes and had lots of success. And I'm thinking that over the next three or four months, there's going to be a lot of growth with this team. You've got three bigs coming back. I don't know much about them. I'm, I'm certain they're not going to replace Eric Mika, but it is more bodies. And then they have two or three or four months to recruit. And I know they're on the road right now. And you can bet that they are looking at bigs as well because they have to. They have to. Even it's, though you have Andrus, Worthington, and Dalton Nixon coming back. All off coming missions, off yeah. missions. And not everybody comes back off a mission like Eric Mika did. Okay? In fact, only fit, one other player scored that many points. And you've yeah. got Dastrup in the program who hasn't really been given a chance. So, and others that, that are in the program. But, you know, it's tough. It's a tough deal. But it's not like the cupboard's empty. All right. And I think that two of those have been all WCC first team players. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the guys have been all WCC guys. And Elijah Bryant was, before all the injuries and all the issues he had, uh, everybody said he was the leader on the team last year, the, last summer. I mean, he was the guy. He was, he was directing everything. And all of that kind of fell apart with injuries and such. But, uh, you know, their team is going to be really good. But without Eric, they're going to have to find a replacement.
When you look at what BYU did this year, we've talked about it so much. You know, Coach Rose changed things a little bit to to get it into the post more. It was mm-hmm. it was less of a guard oriented system this year because you had such a dominant player. So let's if Eric is gone, I realize we're talking about a four versus a five. Can Yoli Childs become the focus of the offense, similar to what they did with Mika, or will it go back to a guard oriented system? Well, I, I think there's a couple of points you can take. First of all, Yoli can play inside and score inside. You give him the ball. And all of a sudden, he's a guy, I mean, he's got great lift. He can score around the rim. Uh, I would, if I was coaching Yoli, I'd have him working on his perimeter stuff night and day for the next five months so that he could stretch and pop out. When fives can shoot, when they can pick and pop, makes all the difference. I really believe in Yoli Childs. I mean, you start looking at his freshman year and all the kind of the expectations and pressure was on this team. He handled it pretty well. And he's going to be so much better next year. So I don't think he has to be the guy. But I think with the players they have coming back and some of those that they have in there that it'll probably be a combination. But I, if, if Zach Zalas stays here, he, he can play the four. And now that, was the stretch four. that yeah. changes everything. Every coach loves to have a stretch four. Now you do open the floor, and now it's just Yoli or whomever in there by himself. And you know what? He, he's one-on-one. And if he gets doubled, then guys are ready to step up and shoot. And that's not going to be the biggest challenge that BYU has. I mean, they're going to still have to develop a culture. I think they get together Monday. They're going to have to develop a culture of guarding people. But uh, there's pieces there, but Yoli certainly could be used in the post. You talked about the worst-case scenario. Okay, Mika leaves, then what, right? The best case is that Mika comes back, Celius somehow stays and plays, right? Now, that team is a team that piques my interest. Oh, yeah. If Mika and Celius are there. How did, you talked about oh, the yeah. impact of Celius. Oh, no. If Mika and Celius are on that team, now what? Well, listen, I, I think everyone believes, all the experts believe that BYU will be back in the NC2A tournament next year. Now, you know, Even we, without Celius, without, I without feel that Celius, way. Yeah, so it's one of those things that... Right now, we all have, you know, not we, but the coaching staff, you know, and the players and the families and probably a lot of the fans kind of have their head down. It's like, man, those last two losses were painful. And, and, it and, felt like this in a while. No, no, they were painful and it was pretty ugly, okay, at, at all levels. And so that's, that's what's fresh in everybody's minds. you got to get rid of that. You got to let it go, <laughs> and uh, you got to start focusing on how we can get better. And I know the coaching staff will do that. So if you have those two together, then you know what? Now, now you're you're back in the picture, and I think there's really great confidence that they can win this conference. And uh, and I think that that championship mentality, championship basketball, where we defend where guys guard and get after it, and there's an energy and an enthusiasm for that, uh, along with Eric Mika coming back as a, as a junior and everybody else having experience, you have a really special team. I'm excited for the prospect of that. We'll see how it all plays out with Zach Selyus. Best of luck to him, however that plays out. Eric Mika as well. President Coach Steve Cleveland, we appreciate the insight. Good to be with you. Hashtag Paul George. <laughs> when he's in town, let's get some tickets. Huh? <laughs> What's your reaction to Eric Mika declaring for the NBA draft? That's our Twitter question today at Milton underscore Rat. Expected. I also expect that he'll get a few looks, but ultimately play one more year for BYU. That's, I think that's all from the fan base, right? Without question. Coming up, more reaction to the Eric Mika news, plus former Cougar linebacker and NFL draft prospect Harvey Longy. Where does he expect to be drafted? This is BYU Sports Nation. 
Welcome back. Jim Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, if you missed President Coach Steve Cleveland talking about the process he went through with Paul George at Fresno State, and he described it as awkward but ultimately good for Paul, watch that interview. Download the podcast. You can also check it out on the BYU TV or BYU Radio apps. Yeah, number three men's volleyball hosts number one Long Beach State on Friday and Saturday. Both matches will be broadcast on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Fridays will be at 9 p.m. Eastern time, Saturdays at 10 p.m. Eastern. Those matches are as big as it gets in the regular season. As somebody who will call those games, how excited are you just to be at the Smithfield House for that. On a scale of one to Ziggy, Ziggy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Eric Mika declared for the NBA draft, but announced he will not hire an agent. The move allows Mika to work out for NBA teams in about a month and still maintain his eligibility if he withdraws his name from the draft by May 24th. By the way, Eric Mika will join BYU Sports Nation on Monday. Spring practice continues for BYU football, and don't forget Saturday's practice will be televised on BYU TV beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern time. BYU softball beat number 11 Utah last night, 4-3 behind two two-run home runs from sophomore catcher Libby Sugg. Congrats to the Cougars. Big win. Baseball begins conference play today against LMU. Game one of a three-game series. The Cougars wrapped up non-conference play at 500 at 9-9. and My guy Maverick Buffo will take the mound tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio and the app. Maverick guy on a Buffo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 9 Eastern time. Can't wait for that. Conference play. BYU's not getting an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, so... Baseball needs to finish in the top four in league. As they say, get to the tournament. As they say, the real season starts the, tonight. I was like, well, what were you doing before? <laughs> a guy that has some real important days coming up, including tomorrow at Pro Day. His name's Harvey Longy. He's now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Harvey, how you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, tomorrow's Pro Day. It's kind of a big day. You already went to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, so you've had uh, the lights and the cameras and whatnot and the scouts. But how are, uh, how are you feeling the day before the day? Yeah, I feel good. Um, yeah, the Combine was great. Um, it was uh, unfortunate that I had to do it with a uh, you know, recent pulled hammy, but um, uh, that, the, the hamstring's healed, and I'm going to go run a fast 40 hopefully tomorrow. When did you pull your hamstring? Uh, about a week and a half, two weeks before the, the combine. So I just popped that sucker and it, um, I, I had to show something at the, um, at the combine cause it's the biggest stage for a, uh, NCAA athlete. So I just had to wrap it up and wear like three pairs of tights and take about <laughs> six ivy, you know, take about six ibuprofen and just go do everything that I could do out there, you know? That's Jason every day at the gym. That's that is true. That's, that. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Now, for those watching on BYU TV, we've got this this great graphic of a of a clean-shaven Harvey Longy. And we know, however, though, that when BYU athletes leave BYU, they always seem to grow a beard. What, how is your beard game right now? Have you gone that direction? Hey, I'm not going to lie. I tried to stay strong to about the Senior Bowl, and then after the Senior Bowl, FaceTiming like Kai and and all the other guys, they all had beards. So I'm like, you know what? I can't be the only guy at the freaking pro day without a beard. So I for, <laughs> for sure had to grow out the beard. You know, Taysom's beard is pretty thick. And Taysom's so got a beard. He has a beard. 
Oh, for sure. And when you guys see him, you might um you might think like you won't even notice him. His his beard is freaking thick. It's great. <laughs> it's gonna uh, look like a lumberjack. Oh yeah, for sure. His is lumberjack material and <laughs> and uh and so is size. So like I'm I'm falling a little behind but it's still thick and it's very nice. So um but gosh, you gotta give it to us, man. We were clean shaven for two years for missions if you went on a mission and then Clean shaven for four years. It's it's nice not to touch a razor the past couple months. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Longy is on BYU Sports Nation. He's got a massive beard. Can't wait to see Taysom Hills tomorrow <laughs> at Pro Day as well. Okay, so you go to the Senior Bowl. How did you feel that went, and how did you feel the Combine went with the pulled hammy? Um, the Senior Bowl, was it was awesome. I felt like a lot of the other guys, um, I felt like, there should have been more guys with uh, BYU logos on there, uh, on their chest uh, with us. You know, it was just Jamal and I, we were pretty lonely out there. Um, I felt like uh, the West Coast teams uh, didn't really get too much love. You know, you're out there in the middle of the South, and they love the South. And um, um, we just had to prove ourselves that we can uh, compete with them. So it was, a great, it was a great opportunity. It was a good, um, a good experience, and I felt like I did well, you know, I, I, uh, I I feel like I did very good with all the reps and the, the opportunities that they've give they gave me at um, um, at the senior game and uh, during practice. And how about the NFL Combine in Indianapolis? Despite a pulled hamstring, how did you feel that went? Um, the the NFL Combine was great, man. It was it was a huge test mentally. They try to just you know sleep deprive you and uh, test you and see how you're going to do mentally with the small amount of sleep and a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, you know, coaches and scouts interviewing you to about one o'clock in the morning and then getting up at like four o'clock the next day, five o'clock the next day. Um, it was great. I felt like, um, I feel like I, I handled it well. Um, it, it was disappointing that, uh, you know, a lot of the training, um, that I prepared to do to get to that point, um, you know, had to be hindered because of the, the pulled hamstring that I, that happened, and but things happen for a reason, and I still you know pulled out decent numbers, and for the pro day tomorrow I'm just gonna run my forty, and if I feel like I want to do anything else, I'll do anything else, but pretty much the forty is all I'm I'm gonna do tomorrow, so and some and some position drill work, so. Cougar fans are obviously very aware of your ability to play multiple positions. How has that aspect of your game been received by NFL teams? Um, uh, <laughs> some, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them love it. A lot of them love the versatility. A lot of them thought, Hey, that's great. You've played running back. You played kick returner. You played, uh, linebacker, uh, the end. Um, but a lot of them were, uh, disappointed in the fact that I had to switch my senior year to, um, a whole new position because, um, uh, they they see me as a linebacker in their schemes and stuff. So um, overall picture of it, they all love the versatility and knowing that I can play a lot of other um, positions and I'm a team player. Um, but um, for linebacker specifically, they wanted me to play linebacker my last year to like see how how I would have went out. But you know, I I tell them to watch the games I played linebacker, and a lot of them. A lot of them watch it and tell me, like, oh, you still got it. You still got it, you know, so. Are you an inside linebacker at the next level? Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure, inside linebacker. Um, 
a lot of the other guys have been talking about maybe just a, a outside type linebacker and just coming off the edge and blitzing or dropping into coverage also. So, um, but inside linebackers where where I see myself. It seems like it's a rite of passage uh, for us when we, we talk to somebody who went to the combine or, or went in the, the interview process to ask if there was any like uh, weird questions that they asked you. Did you have any experiences like that where they just threw this bizarre question your way? Um, I feel like they the only weird question that I got is um, is them testing me on uh, on like. Oh, who do you think's better, uh, Taysom Hill or Jamal or Kai Nakur or Jamal, and like try to put me in a bad spot? Uh, the rest <laughs> of the the rest of the uh, questions were just pretty normal, but like that was probably the the weirdest question is just them trying to put me in a bad spot to see what I'd say, and and I would always just say, you know what, I really I really can't say anything about that. All I can say is that both of them are great players, and you know just give them what. Because I'm not going to just sit there and choose one of my boys over another one, you know. So how dare they try and pit teammate against teammate? Yeah, you know, like uh, that was that was probably the toughest question that they would always try to get me with and see what I'd say or who, who which coach did he like better, uh, Bronco or Kalani? And I'm like, oh, both were great. Coaches. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that asked a lot. Who do you like more, Spencer, Jason, Brian, Logan? I'm like, listen, they're all my my dudes. You yeah. know, yeah, bro mode. You know, that's that's just that's just how it is. Harvey Long is on BYU Sports Nation. Tomorrow you're going to run the 40 you mentioned. Do you have a, a, a target you'd, you'd like to run that you think would help you in the draft? Uh, anything under, anything out of 4.6 or under. Okay. So if I, if I clock a 4.6, that's expected. If I clock anything under a 4.6, let's, uh, let's go to Tacanos or something and celebrate that. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you about this season's defense. You're obviously still very familiar with what's coming back for the Cougars on the defensive side of the football. What are your expectations for how good this defense can be? Because by all accounts, they're they're having a pretty good spring. Man, yeah, the the defense is pretty scary. You know, a lot of guys are coming back. Um the I feel like once the the D lineman establishes who who their their stars are gonna be, you know, Kesey Tosing is doing great right now, and uh, you have uh, Tavita and Handsome and them holding down that, that middle uh, interior part of the D-lineman. But once you can establish the outside parts of the D-ends, and um, I feel like that's, uh, that's just the, 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 the point of like the defense, the part of the defense that needs to be established, and the rest of it, you know, you have guys that have played, you have Micah, and you have Diane and you have Troy that played in the secondary, and of course all the linebackers are coming back. So it's a, it's a scary thing for for opponents. So I just I'm rooting for them. They're going to have a great year this year. Um, the D line is the key to this defense, and um, hopefully they can um, establish uh, their their starting D line and and uh, and just go kill it this upcoming year. So. A lot of NFL draft projections have you getting drafted. Do you expect to be drafted? Yeah, you know that's the. I I I hope that's everyone's dream. That you know that and uh, expectations. Uh, um, everyone should be uh, should expect themselves to be drafted. And and I feel like a lot of us uh, guys that are doing our pro days tomorrow are gonna surprise a lot of the scouts and stuff and and get thrown in the pool to be drafted. Um, 
But for myself, yeah, that's my expectations. My expectations have been always, you know, I want to go to the NFL. I want to go to the NFL and be the a way to secure a good year or two years in the NFL is to get drafted, you know. And um, um, I, that's my expectation is to go in the NFL and to get drafted and make sure that I can um, I can work and and stay in the NFL. So. Harvey, I won't put you on the spot in terms of a specific team, unless you would like to divulge that on your own. But what type of system, scheme, what type of situation do you think would be best for you to be able to succeed in the NFL? Um, I I feel like where I need to succeed is the first to establish myself as a special teams player. Um, I feel like a lot of us – guys that are trying to go into the NFL, we think that we're going to just go right there and be a linebacker or be a running back or be a quarterback or a safety. But to be honest, we, we're going in there to fill up special team spots and to um, work our way through special teams until we have our opportunities or uh, prove ourselves to that we're capable of holding down the starting spot at linebacker, getting reps at linebacker or safety or what it is. So, uh, my mindset is to go into the NFL straight as a special teams player and uh, to, um, you know, to uh, hustle and to work really hard and give maximum effort on special teams. And I feel like that's the very first step. And the very first thing that I'm getting my, myself prepared to do is to be on kickoff, kickoff return, and all the special teams until um, I can build a trust and relationship with the uh, linebacker coaches. Absolutely. Worked for Daniel Sorensen to the tune of uh, $8 million guaranteed. So we wish you the best of luck tomorrow and, of course, in the NFL draft. We'll keep an eye on it. Harvey, we appreciate the time, brother. Hey, thank you guys so much. It's Harvey Longy on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Tomorrow's Pro Day. We'll have live reports yes. from Pro Day. I'm looking forward to the, the, to the beard game. The be- Taysom Hill in a beard? I, I did not know that was I'm more interested there. in seeing that than anything else at Pro Day. I'll be <laughs> honest with you right now. <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta make sure we get a report on Taysom's beard. It's it's that and if what Spencer Linton would look like with a shaved head. I'm intrigued by those two ideas. <laughs> What's your reaction to Eric Mika declaring for the NFL, <laughs> NFL NBA draft? Now that's news. Coming up, more of your tweets. Eric Mika declaring for the NBA draft. What's your reaction? NFL draft, too. Why not? Go ahead. Tweet it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is back. I'm Jerem. He's Jason, live from Studio B with your day-to-day and Ty Demmer. Uh, with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern Time. Join us, won't you, for BYU Spring Football Live coming up Saturday from Lavelle Edwards Stadium at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Play-by-play, interviews, insight, we'll have it all on BYU TV. Cannot wait. Looking forward to it. Speaking of football, hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. 156 days. <laughs> I... I still don't know how we're executing this, but yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, 156 days. I, okay. This is not conducive to singing the numbers. It's just not. It's not. That, that's but that's all, fine. Okay. It's fine. The point of the countdown is to inform how many days are left. It's not to sing some goofy jingle. That's what it turned into for a couple of years. Was it fun? Yes. Is that run over? Maybe. I don't know. Heck no. Come on, Larry. Get out of here. By the way, I saw outside of uh, the Richards building on campus. Uh, I saw a license plate yesterday that was like 
go ADK or something. No. And I was I was like, did someone do their license plate in honor of the <laughs> ADK with Utah? Someone did. Was it Larry on campus? <laughs> what? Maybe. Does Larry, Maybe it was. Does Larry Chris Kobiak have a BYU license plate? <laughs> so, no. <laughs> <laughs> so 156 days We're, to the very first BYU football game of this season. The Ragnar Lothbrooks of Portland State come in in 156 days. Yeah, I'm. Listen, the new music, spring football, the spring game. I, I think I'm in. I'm not like diving in, but I'm putting my toes. in Well, the water I'm glad that sure. after months you've caught up. That's fine. Great. Awesome. Uh, no, you caught up. We started. We started this a couple of years ago. No, 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 no. But I've been on this particular it's, countdown for a while. It's funny. Yes, it's funny how polarizing this is. In fact, in St. George, someone came up to you and asked you, I have people that text me, they're like, tell Jason to stop the countdown, or you need to get with it. Yeah, yeah. It's people really are split. Funny. Yeah, I had people yeah. I had people in St. George down at the practice. Some said that they were anti-countdown. Mm-hmm. A lot more, and I'm not just saying that because that's the side of the argument I'm on. But, uh, a lot more said that they loved it. You did Keep up the countdown. Hmm. Just saying. Whatever. We ignore what we don't like. Now, the question is, is the countdown an actual victory or a moral victory? Judges? It's both. Moral victory. Oh, moral victory. Oh, because it's not a, an actual game. That's right. Would it be an actual victory or a moral victory if Eric Meek came back to BYU? That would mean actual victories for BYU. <laughs> because if, if Eric Mika doesn't come back to BYU, I don't think BYU is an NCAA tournament team. Unless they do something crazy with the guards, right? Uh, our Twitter question... That you would need Zach Selyus on that team. Yes. Our Twitter question is, what is your reaction to Eric Mika declaring for the NBA draft? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At one bald Cairo doc, would be stupid not to try to see where he sits, and with no agent, no harm, no foul, they'll say to, to him to stay at BYU or we'll take you. So no harm, no foul, according to at one bald Cairo doc. When Jimmer Fredette did this after his junior year, I was not afraid, if that's the word, at all mm-hmm. that Jimmer would go pro. Not a bone in my body was worried about it. Eric Mika, there is some level of concern. I think he's coming back, but there is some concern because he's stinking good and he's the best NBA prospect BYU's put out in a long time. Jimmer Fredette was that guy. N- now we know. But, I mean, looking back, I mean, it's been a long time since yep. BYU had – maybe since Sean Bradley. Well, hey, but let, let, this, this kind of goes to this tweet. At Kevin W., isn't this what we hope happens more often with BYU athletes actually preparing them for careers in pro sports? Yes and no, right? You want them to be so good that they go early, but you want to take you, advantage of you the You want the best of both worlds. So how, yeah. You want them to be so good that they play great at the next level, but you don't want them to go early so that you get all like, of that – in college, like right in now. 2009, if Austin Collie plays for BYU, are they a 12 and one team instead of 11 and two? You know, that's that's the cost sometimes. Hey, coming up, Libby Sugg takes down the Utes in softball, and Brandon Davies got buckets in Monaco. It's all in the Cougar Whip Round. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Steve Cleveland and Harvey Longy. If you missed any of today's show, what's up with that, man? Download the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. There was good stuff. Yeah, coming up tomorrow, the $16 million man, Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs safety, Daniel Sorensen. He will talk about winning the upcoming Super Bowl for the Chiefs. That will happen. <laughs> 
It's not an ad lib. That actually will happen. Hey, Danny, can I have 20 bucks? You just got eight million guaranteed. <laughs> so Daniel Sorensen will join us. We'll also have live reports from BYU Pro Day Plus, Eric Mika, and Blaine Fowler next week. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the draft. Eric Mika declares for the NBA draft but does not hire an agent. The move will allow Mika to work out for teams and go through the draft process and still maintain his eligibility if he withdraws his name from the draft by May 24th. As we just mentioned, Eric Mika will join BYU Sports Nation coming up on Monday. Football. Spring practice continues for the Cougars. They held practice yesterday. They hold another one Saturday, televised live on BYU TV at 3 Eastern time. Softball. BYU beat 11th-ranked Utah last night 4-3 thanks to Libby Suggs' two two-run home runs. Baseball. The Bad Cats begin West Coast Conference play today against LMU in Game 1 of a three-game series. BYU wrapped up non-conference play with a perfectly mediocre record of 9-9. Nine and nine. Maverick Buffo will take the mound tonight at 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the app. Cougars in the NBA. Kyle Collinsworth had five points, five rebounds, two assists in a Texans Legends win last night. Cougars overseas. That was kind of in the NBA, right? Brandon Davies scored 16 points and had four rebounds in 25 minutes for Monaco, their worst places to play. Cougars in the PGA. After his first round, Zach Blair is currently tied for 30th, shooting minus two at the Puerto Rico Open. Mm, Puerto Rico losers! Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help win the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Libby Sugg, two two-run home runs to beat 11th ranked Utah. Port- Can we still- Puerto Rico lost to the U.S. Yes. That's why I said that. Yes, yes. World Baseball Classic. Team the USA itself? No. Dominated. Josue Rivera's shoes are right over there. He's Puerto Rican. Yes, Team USA dominated Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic last night. Our elite tweet, what's your reaction to Eric Mika declaring for the NBA draft? At my name is Murdoch. No! It's like 100 no's. Or O's. It's awesome. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand at BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Elwood Jackson. Hey, nice throw, man. Thank you. Nice catch. Nice catch. BYU Sports Nation's back at it tomorrow noon Eastern. It's Pro Day, baby, tomorrow. <laughs>